Ready? Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Professionally Fit Radio. Professionally Fit is dedicated to female entrepreneurs and executives who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. At Professionally Fit, we help you to identify the direct correlation between your health and your career. Welcome to the show. I'll be your host and Professionally Fit founder, Ms. Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Ms. Get Fit with Jay. Terminal illness, chronic disease, the depreciation of your money and your marriage and your relationships, the downfall of your confidence. What does it take? What does it really take for you to really hone into your health, take it seriously, and make a true lifestyle change? Did you know that 80% of the people in America who try to lose weight never do? Are you in the 80 or are you in that 20? We'll be talking about it today. But first, wait, wait, what? Wait, what is our segment where Jay and I identify something we either saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, what? So I was talking to a young lady this week um, on a consultation call. And her and I were having a really good conversation about health and wellness and nutrition. And she was telling me about when she took her two-year-old to the doctor because her two-year-old had a really, really, really bad body odor. Okay. At two years old. Uh, and it's a, a young lady, a, a daughter, her daughter had a really bad body odor. And she said that the doctor told her that the reason her two year old daughter had this really bad body odor was because she was experiencing early puberty. Wait, <laughs> at two years old. And she said the doctor followed it up with, but I can give you something for oh, her to take. Here we, here we go. Here we go again, right? So she said, the doctor told her, I can give you something for her to take to offset this early puberty. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, the young lady said, she was like, oh, absolutely not. Not right. going to happen. I'm not Go giving my two-year-old. Right. She said, so she continued to do the research, continued to do the research. And she had breastfed her daughter for the first year of her life. Then after one year old, she began to give her baby regular milk, mm-hmm. cheese, all this dairy, and did her own research and found out it was the dairy. Mm-hmm. All the hormones mm-hmm. in the dairy was what was causing the onset of early puberty. Of course, so she right. immediately ceased giving her baby this dairy. And I was like, wait, what? The doctor tried to prescribe medicine or pills for oh, a two-year-old yeah for sure i was outraged were you yeah why i don't know it never gets old to me like hearing this nonsense <laughs> like you will put a pill powder or potion onto something versus trying to dig deep and get a full assessment of somebody and figure out what's really going on right you know because you got to dig deep into somebody's history somebody's nutrition right. into their home environment to really decide, you know, what's really causing this thing. But, no, I'll just put a pill to your two-year-old. Who is experiencing early puberty at two? The prescription, uh, whoever is in that whole realm of, you know, writing them and whatever. That's, you know. Yeah, well, we know who's benefiting from. We right. know whose pockets are getting lined. But I was like, wait, what? Early puberty and turns out it was the dairy. And, you know, it's so crazy. And she was like, I really believe that dairy was healthy for my baby. I thought yogurt was healthy. I thought cheese was a great healthy snack. 
And lo and behold, she's like, you know, of course I did all my research and found out it's one of the most horrible things you can put in your body. And I was like, and you will be surprised how much people still don't believe me when I tell them. I remember I was speaking at a community center recently and I was talking about dairy. And one of the young ladies in the audience who had her baby with her was like, wait, are you telling me I shouldn't give my baby dairy? And I was like, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And she's like, no, they say it's healthy for you. Like they tell, they tell, no, I don't believe you. And I was just, I don't know what to do. You you already doing it, um, and it's up to them to you know do their own research from that point on. There's nothing you can do as you you giving them the foundation to go on. And once it's like raising a child, once you I give you the foundation, and it's up to you to to do what you what true. you will. Yeah. So yeah, you've done it already, man. Period. Yeah, straight up. So I was like, wow, give your two year old. That was crazy to me. It just made me sad. At two, I'm gonna, At throw, you two. This, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you this prescription. How we let our people down. And, and on top of that, you you didn't say, oh, your two-year-old has this bacteria infection. Or that. You said puberty. Puberty. So if it is something that is natural, yes. what is the prescription? going? How long are you going to take? Like, what exactly is it going to do? Reverse puberty? Like, what what was the prescription? Exactly. What I mean. Exactly. Wow. And, and then thinking of a two-year-old being that, smelling that bad, like a, a dog. I just couldn't imagine. Like, that would scare me. Like, what's going on with my child? You know? Um, I wonder how much dairy was actually. Because I'm pretty sure the milk is getting worse, 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 and worse. Exactly. she's getting worse. Like, it ain't the same milk we used to consume. And it ain't the same cheese we used to consume. Right. Exactly. So, you know, somebody, our grandparents may say, well, I gave such and such milk. Right. But it ain't the same milk. Cows were different then. Right. Right. Exactly. It wasn't mass produced. It had real farmers. It had, you know. And that was an age ago. So, right. you know, when when we talk about the detriments of dairy, like, people just still don't get it. Or they're just like, but you want me to give up cheese or you want me to give up pizza? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what it's I want to do. long and short of it. Yeah. Um, which ties into my weight was. So, I was tagged on Facebook about um, men- menstrual cycles and um, um, menopause. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she tagged Nikki, tagged me, and was like, "Is this true?" And it was a a man who was talking about his daughter being eleven and coming on her cycle. Mm-hmm. And he was he's a real like you know militant type um, into health into all this stuff. And he's like, "My daughter was just laying in the bed like cramped up." And he was like, "No, I don't have to accept this." And he was like, "I have to figure out a way to help my daughter." Mm-hmm. And um, so he was like, "I just start researching and researching and researching." And he said, um, which led him to eat vegan, you know, food mm-hmm. or whatever. And he said, so that's what he did. He put her on a vegan diet and he said, you know, the periods ceased. Wow. A raw vegan diet. Okay. Not just vegan, but raw vegan diet. He said to her, they ceased. He was like, so from a vegan diet, I put her on. So I guess she got tired of the raw vegan, so he made her a vegetarian. He was like, as soon as I start the vegetarian, they started slow. The, the, the period started coming wow. back. Wow. And then he was like, so I switched back. He was like, because she was back to cramping, back to being in a bad mood, back to mood swings, back yep. to them hormones. Right. He was like, okay, so I switched her back. Like, no, she, she's not about to do We're not doing this. And uh, so then he said, again, he, he did it three times. Like, you know how you got to keep testing your theory because I'm sure she was giving him you know, all type of hell. Like, I don't want to eat yes, a raw right. vegan diet. It was a fight, right. It was a fight to the finish. And he was like, the bottom line is, he said, 
So as I'm doing all of these things, I'm also constantly educating myself more and more on the subject. So when I got tagged in it, before I responded, I literally just poured myself into like researching it, going on different articles, reading different literature before I could respond because her knowing that I'm vegan, she wanted me to say, is this true from my own standpoint? And I'm like, I can just flat out tell you, no, it's not true from my standpoint, but I don't know if it's true. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not a raw vegan. So, um, come to find out, it's, and you you touched on it before, like, mm-hmm. you know, being irregular and it's natural. But when you read the literature on it, it's literally like menopause and uh, menstrual cycles got introduced in like the 1930s. Like, they didn't even used to have um, menstruations back then. Like, this is a new phenomenon that has been introduced as normal. And then, like, it's normal, like he said, it's based on, um, Unhealthy people, unhealthy Mm. beings, people who didn't pick fruit from the tree, Mm -hmm. people who don't eat from the land, people who don't eat raw foods, people who um, have a new, um, because like he said, um, when we go to a new country, what do we bring? The two things we bring, our religion and And our our food. And our food. And our diet, yep. We bring our diet and our religion. We can leave everything else behind, but those two things automatically come with us. So what comes with our religion and what comes with our food our diseases. is our diseases yep. and, and the problems that that may occur. So it's it is and it what's normal and I wanna and I wanna really, 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 really uh stress this point. What's normal does not mean what's healthy. Right. You know, in our society, obesity is normal. Uh, high blood pressure is normal. Yep. Administrations uh, is normal. That doesn't mean that it's healthy. It's just the norm. And in order to deviate from the norm, sometimes you have to do things that is not normal to be healthy. Right. You, ha- you, you have to be comfortable with being an outlier because just like we talked about before, the comfort level in saying that you have diabetes or high cholesterol or high blood pressure, like there is absolutely no stigma attached to that. N- zero. And, and I think... Oh, it, on a, you got sympathy. Like you, you're now the victim. Like wow. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope you're okay. Like I hope you, you know what I'm oh. saying. And there is no hope. You have to literally. Hope is not involved in this thing. It's actionary steps. Right. Hope doesn't get it. Get the, hope out your vocabulary. Get hope out your vic- vic- vocabulary. It's like love. Love is an action word. And and getting healthy. That's action. There is no hope involved in that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost saying, I hope a person treats you right. It's either they will or they won't. If you want to um, become healthy, either you will do it or you will not do it. Right. It's not about hope. So, you know, that was my way. What, like, they normalize, they normalize uh, menopause, they normalize menstruations based on our diet, based on, you know, because if you, if you go into another culture, we don't, we don't have... No, very few care enough to be like, let me study the traditions of the, you know, we're right. going to, we're going to study the tradition of our, of our culture mm-hmm. of, of America. So, you know, so I, of course I'm like, I'm doing raw vegan at least in corporate. And then, and then my niece called me today. She's like, why you didn't text me back yesterday? I'm like, uh, text you back about what? She was like, do you still get your period? <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> and somebody asked me about periods this week too. That's funny. So, I, you know, it's trending. I guess, because he's, you know, people have been tagging, tagging, tagging. Yep. And um, I said, yeah, but you can't go off me. I'm not a raw vegan. And there's yeah. a big difference. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm cooking nutrients out. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, I'm changing the whole, all the organisms in my food. And also, I'm not starch-free. 
I'm not, I say I eat fries still. I see, I still eat onion rings. I still eat starch. I still eat uh, tor- tortilla chips. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not 100% um, raw and I'm not 100% clean. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're going, and I start talking about Terry, who went, when she got diagnosed with cancer, who mm-hmm. reversed her cancer and went into remission with a clean diet. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, right. I still have cheat days. I still eat starch. Right. I still eat. You know, yeah, that's so. exactly what this young lady called me for. She said very straightforward. I want to get rid of my period. I've been researching raw vegan diets and I want to get rid of my period. She's like, that's what I want. I don't want to have a period anymore. And I was telling her raw vegan is fine to a certain extent, but you actually get benefits from cooked right. and, and raw yeah, food. For sure. So, you know, I was like, there's some enzymes that are only expressed once they're heated. So I was telling her there's benefits of both, both right. but you can definitely, you know, eliminate a hundred percent the vegan processed food. Right. Like quinoa, you have to, you have to cook quinoa. You can't right. just throw raw quinoa in a smoothie and go about your day. Like certain things even have to be cooked or like mushrooms that there's certain benefits you get from. So like, so I eat raw and I eat, um, cooked. Exactly. Eat, um, um, raw, you know, a lot of raw things. And then I cook a lot of raw, I mean, a lot, a lot of things. So so I can get the benefits of both. There's just no, there's no way to say I do something 100% and I get 100% of the benefits. You'll never get 100% of the benefits. But I am going to start incorporating more raw, um, raw foods into my diet it's because so I important. do believe that I'm neglecting a big part by mm-hmm. cooking. And what's crazy is it's not hard to do, and that there's so many things you can eat raw that you don't think about. Such as what? Like, like, like uh, just the other day when I made a salad, I just sliced up some raw yellow squash in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to tell you, I start, since you told me that, I start eating raw squash, raw, um, um, not sushi, raw zucchini. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's so easy, crunchy, yeah, delicious. I it. You was like, how you going to cook that? I mean, how you going to eat that? And I'm like, uh, I'm going to saute you. Like, just throw it in your salad. I'm like, bet. Yeah. And it was so soft, and it was like nothing. And it's nothing like, to yeah. it. It doesn't have an extreme taste that no. makes you, that, you know, overpowers your dish. Um, and so a lot of people, when they think raw, they think it's got to be this big fancy dish, but I'll easily make some type of summer salad with a, um, a whole grain and put a bunch of chopped veggies in it, you know, and make some type of homemade ginger dressing or something. Um, eating raw is not, and then, you know, when you juice or do a smoothie, you're eating raw, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? For sure, yeah. So it sounds sometimes extreme or overwhelming, but there's a ton of benefits to eating your food raw and a ton of benefits to eating your food cooked. The key is that it just needs to be real food. You know, when you try and do all that processed crap, that's when you kind of get in trouble. But there's, you're right, to get 100% benefit, you actually need to do both. Because um, there can be some detriments of not eating cooked food over a long period of time. Exactly. All right, so back to here we go again. <laughs> you guys, I introduced my segment, uh, here we go again, a couple episodes back. So I have another topic. Mm-hmm. Sierra, and you know Sierra's my homegirl. I know yes. you don't be feeling her like I be feeling her. No, I like Sierra. I love Sierra. I love Sierra simply because her vibe. I, 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 lo- I love people who always radiate positivity. Like you never see them. You never see this. I know the media can paint a picture any type of any kind of way they want. Mm-hmm. Whether you've done anything or whether you haven't done it, they can paint you any type of way. But no matter what has happened to Sierra, she has never acted a fool in public. It's mm. always been like, I'm just going, um, I'm a shine regardless. She's, 
um, not been so popular and been very, very popular. And through it all, she remains consistent through yes, the media. Yes, Like, she never has been done any desperate moves. She's never. So, she just had a baby a couple months ago in April. Mm-hmm. And they are already talking about Sierra needs to bounce, hasn't bounced back. Excuse me? Wait. What? Excuse me? April. April. And it's July. And it's July. And this is not a new story. This was published, like, in June. Are you serious? Yes, and I and I'm this like so stupid. I can't believe how much pressure they put on women. How much unbelievable pressure they put on women. Emphasis about our bodies. Our bodies. Yeah. And unrealistic expectations because when you're a mother, I'm sorry, you have a new baby i'm sorry but your focus should be on that baby i'm not saying a year you should look up and be like oh i had a baby and you should be 30 40 pounds overweight but uh you had a baby in april here it is june you think i should be bounced back yep unbelievable i was like this is this is the type of things that makes a woman go lay on the table get butt shots a woman lay on the table and get liposuction a woman lay on the table and get you know, her tummy tucks and yep. her breath, like everything, because you're trying to live up to this unattainable um, idea of what a woman should be. Right. And and all this pressure from being, you know, in the spotlight, you feel like you almost have to. And it is amazing how we can be so critical of people from behind our keyboards. And I wouldn't even be like, oh, my God, if it wasn't so many women. I'm always shocked at how many women will go in on another woman. Yeah. Like, I can't believe how little support women have for other women. Yeah. I would never, like, go off or just... (laughs) I would never just go off or just, like, humiliate another woman. Well, you're, uh, you're one of a kind. I'm not one of a kind. It's yes, many, I think it's it's, many, yeah, it's more one of a kind, but it's, it's you're one of a kind. Yeah, you're it's, a part it's of a, a small, minority. It's a small, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So to the topic at hand, what know, does it take? Uh, what does it take to really get you to a mind frame of I am ready to change? Like, I've known people who have had heart attacks. I've known people who have been in critical situations, like maybe complications with their diabetes and their blood sugar drop. Known people who have gained massive amounts of weight. Um, People who are diagnosed with chronic illnesses. uh, People whose self-esteem and depression and critical life occurrences have caused them to slip into a bout of depression and gain a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight. And they are still, they are still not willing to put in the work that's required to make the change and get healthy. And I'm just wondering, like, what does it take? Or does it just take a certain type of person? Because I'm like, you know how you could look at somebody like, oh, if that is no way, that wouldn't push me into, like, I just had, you know, a heart attack or a scare with, you know, heart palpitations or, you know, high cholesterol. Oh, no, that's going to put me in high gear over time. I'm just wondering like what separates the successful from the unsuccessful because it's amazing to me how people can literally, you know, brush shoulders with death and still not eat right and exercise and take their health serious. One of the things that I think is that this um 
Have you ever watched a news story and been like, wow, I feel so sorry for such and such. That car accident, I feel so sorry for such and such. This happens, I feel so sorry. And it seems so distant to what can happen to you. Like, it seems so, that happens to other people. Like, that's what happens to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, the, like, yeah. even though I have diabetes, oh, such and such has got his leg amputated. That's what happens to them. Right. Such and such, even though I'm having marital problems, they got divorced. That's what happens to them. Uh, such as, like, it, it, when it comes to you, it doesn't seem you like... You say you feel untouchable. You Yeah, you feel exempt. Yeah. And I don't think... By the time it reaches your door, you're not strong enough. Yeah. You're just not strong enough to handle it. Um, and, it and, and I think preparation... Mm-hmm. Preparation separates people. Um, like, for instance... The guy you told me about a while ago, when he's the five-second rule or the five-minute rule, whenever bad happens to you, you you get over in five minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. He had that had already been his core value. Mm-hmm. So when something did happen to him, it had already been his core value for mm-hmm. so many years or months. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to be like, oh, the five-minute rule. What you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like it had already been his rule. Right. But most people, if that were a car accident that debilitated them. A five-minute rule, you be, uh, no, I'm going to whine over this or cry over this or let this break me down um, for, for years or forever. I, I, oh, I had a good, 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 good quote. Someone, oh, I know what it is. Okay. Um, someone posted, in life there's peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Who you are in the valley is who you are. Mm-hmm. And I really, really love that quote. 100%. Um, I love that quote so, so much. Right. Simply... Because I've seen the valley, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was able to see who I am. Yeah, and who I am, who I was in the valley is is, ser- is seriously who I am. Mm-hmm. The person that can see the brighter side, the mm-hmm. person who can still laugh, the person who can still persevere, the person who can still push, the person who's who has core values and that will maintain the core values regardless. Yep. So, it, it answers the question: Is it the person or is it? The circumstance. The circumstance, and I think it's the person. Yeah, makes a big difference. I think it's the person. Yeah, 100%. You know, that's what we, I talk about in this, in our sci-fi course, uh, is doing versus becoming. And, you know, we've preached this a thousand times. It's not what you do. You know, when people are trying to change, they're always looking for an alternate strategy. They're always looking for a different way to do it because these eight other things I've tried aren't working. No, honey. It's you. Yeah. You're not working. It's the end user. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the process. It's not the strategy. Oh, I, people, Lisa, I've tried everything to lose weight. No, you haven't. And yeah. even if you have, it was you. You didn't become the person you needed to be to execute, you mm-hmm. know? And it, it's just like how we talked about, you know, people with HIV and AIDS, mm-hmm. you know, and how do people live with these chronic diseases and, and, how one person can literally let that catapult them into greatness and another person can literally uh, willingly deteriorate. Like lay down and be... And lay down and be a victim and deteriorate and say, this is the end, there's no point. And I was thinking about when you brought it up, like, how does somebody live with something terminal like that? I was just thinking about, like, what's the difference? What's the difference from having a diagnosis of HIV or AIDS and the average person, because we're both dying. So why does it take, you know, for you, for somebody to put a date on your death for you to do something? Just because I don't have a date on mine. We're both dying. That's we're big. both dying. You know what I'm saying? That's so big. why why aren't we, like, both getting up and getting after it? Damn, that's deep. 
I thought about this soonest, and I'm like, this is so crazy how We're both dying. That is a that's like that's an amazing way to put it. Because you don't look at it like you that. You don't look I've at it. I never even looked at it like that. Right. You got a status of terminal. And I'm not, and and, and please don't. We're I'm not anybody, minimizing. We're not minimizing you got three years to live. We're talking about, because you can live 20, 30 years with HIV and AIDS. Yeah. You we're can live about a long time fighting cancer. Yeah. It coming back, going away. Yeah, we're not talking about when they tell, tell you it's terminal off the rip. Right. We're talking about a chronic illness that will eventually no, it may be 10 years, five years, three years down but the road. But you know that you may know. be the reason you go. Exactly. Right. So that that is a very good way of um, looking at it mm-hmm. um, because we we are all dying. And you've been dying um, since you got here. You've been dying since you got here. And, um, it, and it took, I always forgive teenagers and, and 20 early 20 year olds because you feel um immortal a little bit there's mm-hmm. a little there's a little bit of more that immortal feeling yes. like yeah um yeah i'm above dying like, right kinda. i'm out here yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm just living. but once you get like 30s and 40s and some people are 50s i was like you know like wow like i told you about that grilled cheese and uh bacon for breakfast i'm like what you like grilled cheese and bacon. You for know better, right? You Your arteries ain't here for it. You don't have no, no, <laughs> no fiber, nothing. nothing, nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it takes um, education, but you know, people uh, like so. Okay, so I was talking to a family member this weekend. Uh-huh. I mean, not this weekend. I'm sorry, this week. And I just flat out told them like, you're going to be one of those uh, Facebook posts. Like I remember. He was so nice. Mm. He was he was great. He was if you don't get your health together, you're gonna be a memory very soon. Mm. And he flat out told me like I, I was I'm I'm just so used to basically dysfunction. I'm used to being because uh, I was saying like, don't you wanna walk faster? Don't you wanna breathe better? Don't you wanna reverse diabetes? Don't you want and he was like, I'm I'm just used to being diabetic and walking slow and with swollen legs and wow and just being sick. And then I said, Okay. Okay, <laughs> you got me. You just let out admit it. I'm used to dysfunction. It's what a, what leg do I have to stand it's on? It's hard to come up with a rebuttal to that. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult. But my rebuttal is day to day. Let's not stretch this thing out. Let's not make the picture bigger than what it has to be. Mm. Let's start with tomorrow. Can we do that? Mm-hmm. Can we start with doing something better than you did yesterday? Can we do that? Like I know sometimes the picture is so big, it seems impossible. It seems, you want me to, because he said, I buy celery, I buy this, I buy that, and I just end up not eating it. Wow. Yeah. I, and I even had to do it for myself. I'll go to the to the fruit market. I'm, I done came with a, I spent $60, and you know the fruit market's cheap. Right. So that's a lot of fruit and vegetable. But what I started doing is I started buying two days worth of vegetables. Mm-hmm. And my meals come out better. I can focus more because it's smaller. Yeah. When I got all these different options and I'm going to do this in 30 days. No. Minimize. Minimize. Yep. Like, make it, you know, today and tomorrow I'm going to eat this and this. Small bits at a time. Small bits. And that's how you're supposed to grocery shop anywhere. I- anyway, you know, overseas in Europe, their refrigerators are the half the size of ours. You're supposed to go to the market every one or two days. You're not supposed to stockpile on uh, produce because it's suppo- it's dying. Mm-hmm. So your produce is not even supposed to last a week. You know what I mean? But all this GMO and crap that we got out here, we expect, you know, we getting mad when bananas and apples is rotten in two days. Like, it don't last. It go bad. Number one, you buying too much at once. 
Number one. Number one, you know. And then you, you know, not buying quality, but stop trying to stockpile, like you said, for a week or two. Unfortunately, you have to work and get into that market, into your agenda and, and schedule. Yeah, for sure. It's just so, one of the yeah. sacrifices you have to make. I want to change the word. Sometimes, somehow the word sacrifice just bugs me. Why? Because, because sacrificing always comes with loss. Like sacrificing, I'm going to sacrifice this, but it's worth it. Like I'm, I'm stack, I'm giving up. I like the word trade better. You're trading your time to get a healthy meal, or you're trading. You know how like you don't like the word no, or you rather, I will, or mm-hmm. I, I don't like. I just don't like sacrifice. Okay, I got to sacrifice this to be healthy. You're not just okay. For instance, when you go to a grocery store or anything, when you go get your hair done and mm-hmm. pay the beautician, you don't say, well, I'm sacrificing this $50. Mm-hmm. I'm paying this $50 to get my hair done. Mm-hmm. When you go get uh, any uh, outfit, I'm paying it. You don't say, I'm sacrificing. But somehow when it comes to health, I'm sa- you're not, you're, this is the cost. Yeah. This is the cost. You're not sacrificing yeah. anything. You are giving something for something. You're trading something. You're not sacrificing anything. That's just what it costs. Yep. So why does the word sacrifice always come into... Um, when it comes to something that's beneficial, right? You know right. What I mean? You work for that money. Why is that not a sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Okay, but it, it always comes to something you don't want to do. Like as your kids in college, I have to sacrifice three thousand dollars for them to go. No, you gave three thousand dollars for your kid to be great. Yeah. Like it always comes to something that's beneficial. Yeah. But when you really lost, like when you bought them Jordans, you didn't sacrifice. You right. Just you didn't feel like Jordan. you sacrificed for that Jordan. Just that bag. Yeah. Me. That, I don't know why. That, them couple dinners you go to a week, you <laughs> no, don't feel like I'm that's a, a I'm sacrifice. I'm sacrifice and pay this $10 at the club. No, you just paid the $10. Right. So. That's a good point. Yeah, I just, yeah. Very it, good it ain't point. my thing. I just don't, you ain't sacrificed nothing. You gave You paid the time. cost. Yeah. You paid the cost. You, you gave the money, the time, cost. and energy, and you that's what it is. Lose. Yeah. Because I, I, I think I, sacri- I equate sacrifice with loss. Like, I sacrificed my time, and I got nothing. Like, I just sacrificed. Right, right, you know? right. It, yeah, it should be more linked to something negative that really, really you didn't get nothing out cost of. you, right? No, nah, you yeah. benefited. You came up in actuality. Yeah. And so, what does it take? It takes becoming a whole nother person. Yeah. To win at this thing, eighty percent of people don't succeed. That's and comfortably rest in their eighty percent status, like like your family member. There are individuals who are very comfortable with saying, "This is what it is." I accept my fate as is. And even with those with a terminal or chronic illness or disease, like many of them reversible or you're able to live with them. Like it is astonishes me, you know, people, you hear stories about people getting diagnosed with something and then deciding that life is worth living. And I need to, I realized it was important and I resigned from my corporate job for 20 years. And I, it's like you was dying before you got that diagnosis. Why didn't you resign from that job you hate 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, we just assume that we have so much time. We assume that I'm just doing this because it's going to pay off in the end. When really you shouldn't be wasting all your time being unhappy anyway. Yeah, I think multitasking or is is a thing that people don't know how to do. Like, why would I look? How can I got this job? I got to pay the bills. Like, I need this job. Like, you can look for something else as you work. Yeah. Like, you don't have to like quit a job to to get a new job. Yeah. You don't have to lose something. You. I mean, 
you know, because like I, I was talking to a person like, and they don't like their job. And I'm like, well, look, you know, get a new one. Well, I need a job. I'm not telling you to quit. Right. I'm, telling, I'm you telling you to get another. And then. Yeah. In the interim, use your slivers of time to put effort towards being where you want to I don't like this job and I'm just going to walk away. No. No. Never do that. Nobody's telling you to do that. Yeah. But if you're in a high stress situation, I mean, do you know how much you own your own life? I don't think people realize how much they own their own life. I know people don't know how much they own their own life. And that's kind of scary. You know, you leave your the fate of your life up to doctors. You you leave the fate of your life up to uh, bosses and managers. You leave the fate up uh, to your life and to people you're in debt to, you know, to, to debtors. You leave the fate of your life up to everybody, and you only own that little corner of it in the evening from Ooh. 7 to 7.30 when you're able to sit on the couch by yourself and choose what you watch on your TV. That's the deep. only part of your life you own. That's deep. That's crazy. You leave the fate up of your life to the FDA and the government. They said this was healthy. Nothing irritates me more than they see. Who is they? Who is they? Remember I said that? I was like, I was going out the country. (laughs) And I was scared to leave the, the, uh, I was scared to leave the the resort. And I'm like, because they said it was dangerous. You was like, who who is that? (laughs) Point them out. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Point them out. Point them out. They said it was uh, scary. It's too much. And that's how it is in the health industry. They said this. Well, who's they? They don't have no. They have nothing invested in your health. Nothing. nothing. They have more invested in your you not being healthy. They yes. have not. They don't lose a dime with you being. They healthy. make a bunch of dimes though. Yeah. When you're unhealthy, what they say, um, eighty percent of what you eat, uh, twenty percent of what you eat keeps you healthy, and eighty percent of what you eat, eat keep keeps your doctor healthy. <laughs> like, I'm, wait, run that. You back? never heard that before? No. Twenty percent of what you eat. Keeps you alive. Eighty percent of what you eat keeps your doctor alive. You never heard that. Pick your jaw up first. It was, was that your weight? What for the week? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. Real talk, and it's so true. Eighty percent of what you eat keeps your doctor. Oh, man, <laughs> I, I'm almost like I wish. It, I don't even know why that affects me so much. Like I'm not eating healthy, but I'm mad. Like, I dare you to write me a prescription. Oh, Boy, yeah. I dare you to try to oh, write yeah. me a prescription. Oh, yeah, billable hours, baby. Oh, billable I, hours. I wish you would try to write me a prescription. <laughs> yeah. You about to feed your, what? So you can go to Hawaii oh, they, on me? They feed their whole family oh, off no. your Your wife getting her it. boobs enhanced on, on my, on my, on my Big Mac. Oh, no, yeah. No, because I like Big Mac and fries and, and a super size shake. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on, keep no, coming back. No. Oh, yeah, we can get you in tomorrow at 6. Yeah. Yeah. And some Wendy's on the corner. Yeah, what's the name of your insurance carrier? Absolutely. They happy to see you. They eating. Yeah, they're eating. Nah, y'all ain't enough me. Nah, <laughs> you mad. Calm I'm, down. I'm real mad. You got it together. I promise you. This ain't right, you. No, you in a 20% bag. Calm I don't down. care. It, made me mad. it just made me mad. <laughs> it just made me so mad. Yeah. Because they, because when I had my when I had Morgan, I didn't know what I know now. Mm-hmm. I, and when I had Bryson, I still wasn't into health, but I knew more. I knew that I had to accept as much. So when I was like, I don't want this uh, this vac- specific vaccine. He was basically trying to force me into it. Mm-hmm. Bryson didn't need it for school. He didn't have it. wasn't a vaccine that needed to be accepted, and he just kept. I would give it to my grandkids. I and then I said, you know, I said, you know. <laughs> would you start randomly <laughs> laughing on the podcast? You know Y'all see what she's doing. But I said. So um, I said, um, has it ever been recalled? Has it ever been recalled? What do you say? 
Yeah, it's been recalled, but, but no, 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 no. It's been recalled, but it, they fixed everything. Boy, I if said, you don't sit down. No, I said, why did they recall it? Oh, <laughs> check this out. He said, the medicine was making their intestines grow outside. They, I'm sorry, wait, what? <laughs> Bam. I'm sorry, wait, what? Yeah, intestines was growing outside <laughs> where they were supposed to grow. But they good. Now, intestines are staying 100% he said, in. 100%. Give it to your baby. It. I will give it to my own grandkid. Well, go ahead. You do that, but right, I don't want I, right. it. Right. Enjoy. It was sort of whooping cough. I said, I'm going to go ahead. And, and as a parent, it was hard for me to do because I'm like, because he was saying, if you get the, they can die. Oh, yeah, they scared a mess out of you. I said, and t- I had to. Intestines growing outside there, girl. Because the thing is, back in the day, the FDA was real. The FDA was real. They really did real studies. Like, if we're going to do this Tylenol, we're going to do a real Tylenol study. It's going to be six months. Right. We're going to see if a person has a a condition that requires six months of Tylenol, we're going to do a six-month Tylenol study. Right. If a person needs this liver medication for five months, we're going to do a five-month for liver study. Yeah. Now, these days, if you got high blood, high uh, cholesterol or a heart disease and you need a medication for three months and this medicine is a brand new, they may test this, uh, test this medication now for one week. So they don't know how this will affect you in And not months. only that, the test is funded by the people who going to benefit from it. That's why it's only one week. Yeah, yeah. So they're not going to do the full test. So you go, you go, they're going to say, oh, this has been tested, no problems at all. Mm-hmm. And then when you have the problems, this has been on the market for two, three years. And by the time the problems catch up to you, they've made two, three billion dollars. No problem. Mm-hmm. We can we can fund this lawsuit because we've made twenty billion dollars, and all we got to pay out is four million. You're right. So I don't care who has died. Yep. I don't care who's yep. who died. I don't care who's affected. We'll pay this lawsuit, and we'll be on to the next, um, the next lawsuit, the next pre- prescription, the next FDA quote unquote approved medicine that they just made in five months and approved in three months, and you need it for two years. Yeah. So, um, my best advice I can't even say do your research with medication. Just do your best to stay off medication. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're we're gonna be doing an episode soon, going over the common medications for the top con- common cr- chronic diseases. I can't wait to go over that one because a lot of people are just not well versed in the side effects of these medications and the things that they cause. Like, yeah, yeah like sure. I know someone who has arthritis and you know, her doctor was trying to give her a medication that makes your whole face and throat swell up for the first couple of months until your body adjusts to it. I say, you say what now? <laughs> just shut up. I'm bleed. Your whole thing <laughs> blew up? Cause you, if you don't get this nonsense out of my face, I cannot. Like, look, all you got to do is live, you know, looking like a clump for you a couple months. Away. Anchor your ankles down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Anchor your ankles, fam. Tie, look, tie yeah. a log to your left ankle. Stay grounded till we get literally, this. Till we get this. Uh, the swelling down. You say what? But look, after this three months, you're gonna oh, feel you the good. best you yeah, ever yeah, felt. Yeah, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I said, ain't no, no way. What we say on the last episode, never say never. When I say I will never, I will never. I'm not putting a poison in my body. It's not going to happen. It's not, not going to happen. happen, you know. And I do believe in some Western medicine, but I mean, I'm not on stuff that's 100% preventable. It's so crazy how much stuff is 100% preventable. Preventable. Yeah. And um, So, I was with someone. Um, she was doing my daughter's hair. And she... And she gained some weight. And um, she was like, I just, you know, I need help. I just can't stay focused. I don't know. She said, what um, made you, 
how do you stay motivated? Like, how do you, like, just keep going? And, and it was, and it was so crazy because I rarely talk about it. I rarely, I usually give some type of like easy answer. And it was the first time I was able to just be able to just like flat out say why without crying, without feeling any type of like, you know, I mean, it was some sadness, but I just told her, I was like, my mother was diagnosed um, with term a terminal cancer and given eight months to three years to live with the di prognosis really being, you know, eight months. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, from that point on, I decided to take care of my health and not only for my mother, but for the, for the women that I met in uh, radiation, the women who came there with, um, with their kids and mm -hmm. the women who came there with all they wanted to do was live. All they, all they wanted to do was live. All they wanted to do was to have the health back. All they wanted to do was have the life that they had before they were diagnosed. Mm. To see these women and to meet these women and to interact with these women every single day for six weeks and to know their story and to pray for them and hope and hold their hands and um, and see them at the end of their, their radiation and ring the bell because when you finish radiation, you get to ring this bell. And I told her, I made a vow. I will always take care of my body. Mm -hmm. I will always, whether I fall off for a week or two or a month, I will always eat right with exercise falling off. I will always eat right. I will always cherish my temple. I will never, ever, ever disrespect the health that so many people fight so hard for. And, you know, we say, what's your why? Mm -hmm. What's your why? And it won't even have to be that deep. Nope. Your why can simply be... I decided to make a change, and I'm never going back to who I was. Yep. I'm strong enough. Yep. My daughter's watching. My son is watching. I I, I know I'm worth it. I know that I deserve health. I know that I deserve to be uh, a size 6 when I'm really a size 18 right now. Like, whatever, whatever you decide. Right. It, that can be the, re like, you decide whatever it is and never falter from it. That's it. That's it. A made-up mind is one of the most powerful things in the world. It a really ma is. a made-up mind is one of the most powerful tools in the world. I'm not going to live like this anymore. I don't like feeling like this every day. I don't like being in this space. I I want to be unhappy. I want to thrive. I want to I want to know what I'm capable of. It's it's a made-up mind is one of the most powerful things. If you're ready, just make up your mind to be different. Make up your mind to change. Make up your mind to be the change in your family, to be the lineage that changes the whole trajectory of your life expectancy. Just make up your mind to do it. That's all it really starts with. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 I don't know what it takes sometimes because I just, we in our uh, Professionally Fit Clean Plate Club, I was congratulating one of our newest clients. She only started with us five weeks ago and she's already down six pounds and she's lost over a little over a pound a week since she started with us wow, and yeah. she has severe asthma she has achy knees mm -hmm. um she is well over the age of 40 she you know works a full-time job but she makes no excuses and since she started with professionally fit she has been getting it in in a little over a month and then i was working with another client this morning who started around the same time she started and she said you know lisa i saw the post you made you know congratulating the other new client and I couldn't help but feel a certain way because I started the exact time as her. And I haven't been going as hard and putting it in as much as I can. And I'm like, hey, it, it, you got to make up your mind and want this thing. She was like, 
And I and I cannot make the excuse of being busy because there's so many people who do it who are just as busy as I am. I said exactly. Your mind ain't made up. If one more person tell me about not having time. Oh man, that's what I forgot to say. So the person who told me that uh, they they're just so used to chronic illness. We were talking about school, mm-hmm. and they um, they were in computer classes. And I said, speaking of your classes, when you gonna finish that thing? And they're like, I got one more class. I said, okay, that's ridiculous. When you gonna finish it? I said, and don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare say, say nothing time. about I ain't got time. He said, time. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'ma slap you. I said, how? Well, I'm I'm doing I'm working from this time to this time, and I got okay. Don't work from this time to this time. Like, decide what you want because they they make their own hours. Oh, please carve out that time please. for what you want. You now, ain't control. You ain't even got nobody driving the whip. No. Oh, please. If you don't sit it down, time is never an excuse for anything, right? We get the same twenty four. You make a decision on what to do with it every day. Stop it already. Stop it already. You don't want it bad enough. What will it take? Like, what will it take to show up for yourself in a major way every day? Like, what will it take? Like, how much courage do you need? How much pushing do you need? Go out there and get that thing. It's somebody who can give it to you if you can't do it for yourself. Like, stop it. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. it kills me every time somebody says yeah, time. And I'm it's like, too much. Because even if I gave you an extra day on top of the day, like if I, if I get, okay. I'm going to throw eight days in your week this week. What you going to do with it? The same thing. The you same do the you same do with the other thing. seven. You're going to be like, okay, this day I'm going to kill the work. I'm going to kill nothing. No. Same what would you thing. do with an extra day? Man. <laughs> be fit as fuck. <laughs> Fitter. <laughs> Fitter. Like, I'll be so fitty. <laughs> Man. Girl, well, what I'm doing with a with an eighth day of my week? Some jump squats? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. We getting eight days of push ups this week. I don't know that I'm gonna do what I always do. The I'm gonna make fear. my stuff a priority. The fear, like the fear, the fear. It's it's amazing because we we you know we briefly talked we touched on um, things that have happened to you in your past yeah. and making you who you are and seeing. I don't know if it's you know being seeing so much sickness and working in a in a nursing home and seeing how you can end up there way premature mm-hmm. um or in the old age 85 you know where people think you should be there and i'm like no i don't want that either right um but my fear of illness and sickness is so deep i'm just like that eighth day will be all preventative. That eighth day will be so preventative. Like, you know, like tomorrow I'm going to um, the treehouse. Do you still go to treehouse? No, it's too far for me out in Farmington. <laughs> that drive is a beast. Look, I ain't got time. <laughs> I ain't got time. Never mind what I said about time. I ain't got it. Treehouse too far for me, baby. Man, but it is, a, it is a good health food organic store. What you getting from the treehouse? I'm getting, um, like, I did some... With the administration thing, they uh-huh. get something something called bark ministry bark something. Okay, okay I'm gonna see if they have that. Okay, I'm gonna get some more um tea that has iron in it because you know I'm always run, all my iron is always low. Right, and then just some things that because they are so good with suggestions. Mm-hmm. Oh, and some sea moss. Oh yeah, some yeah, I got some sea moss from them last time I was out uh-huh, there. And just yeah. some things that Those sea vegetables are so important. The sea sea root, yeah, algae and stuff is really really beneficial. 
Yeah. Um. Oh, and that's another thing about allergies. We need to talk about allergies on a po- next podcast. Oh, people just How- think you're supposed to have them. Or, or they have to lay back and accept them. It, it, because it's so interesting how you don't have them one day. Like, you can grow to be 30, 40. And, and then, all, like, of I, sudden, all of a sudden, you got allergies. Like, your environment. Allergies, your sinuses. Food, sinuses. You don't never open the windows in your house. You taught me that. Like, if you don't open these windows, most of the toxins and stuff live in your own house because you never airing it out. Like yeah, yeah, your refrigerator is plugged up. Your stove, all of that is getting trapped. The like blue your, light from your cell phone that's always in your always, face. The radiation always. from this raggedy microwave you always using. The TV mm. you watch. It's all toxins. Oh. We live amongst so many toxins. Yeah, I just I'm so happy every day that I don't have a television or a microwave. I'm just like man, I'm living a dream almost. Now all I need to do is get around some more green space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we live around so many toxins, and it's such embedded in our culture, we don't even know that we're exposing ourselves to so much garbage. All right. So what do you have to do? Let's rattle off some things that you should do to kind of overcome that mindset of, like, I can't or I won't or I'm incapable or I don't know. I think number one is, Stop listening to naysayers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you will always be accused of being extra. It ain't that deep. Yep. You're going to die anyway. Yep. It ain't, oh, this is, you know, that ain't that healthy. Or mm-hmm. that, like, I heard bananas had too much sugar. If you don't sit it down. <laughs> as you eat a now later. <laughs> right, as you drink a Faygo. Uh, that's why I, I heard you can't <laughs> do them bananas. Wait a minute. That don't match. You ain't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had I, I discovered a long time ago. One of my things is to protect myself was stop de- debating with people with no research. I love. I learned that people will de- debate for debate's sake. Um, the only people I would debate with is people who have knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, if, you, if I'm a, a vegan and you're a meat eater... But you're a really like into health and wellness, educated, and, we, and you're educated on on health. Oh, we can we can debate all. Oh yeah, that. we can debate paleo versus yeah, yeah we can yeah, definitely debate, debate paleo yeah. and and you're into me and you're like you in the gym and you yeah we can debate because you really have some t- some type of passion behind this. But don't debate for debate's sake. They ain't think about health. They ain't never gonna think about health. But because you're doing it, they just want to debate with you right quick and then move on to the next thing. Don't do it. Don't waste your energy on people who really don't care and they just want to bring you down. Yep, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, changing who you around would instantly change your core values. And I didn't your even say system. change who you around. You like get rid of them. I just said don't. I, I really took that as get rid of them. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pass the chopping block. You know how I do. Listen, life is black and white, baby. You you said what? What you said? Because I really feel like that's what you said. I just feel. I said stop wasting your time and energy with people who don't like. And support. that's not the same as no. What does that mean you, exactly? Break it down for us, chopping that block people. That just mean do your thing and don't feed into the negative oh, energy. Oh, just that ignore they bring. the whole yeah crew. Yeah, like if oh. you, um, <laughs> you know, like some people are maybe married and their husband or wife doesn't support. Like, why are you eating all that vegetables? You you've been doing this. Like you you don't have to feed into that. That's true. Or if you're a wife and you cook, or someone who cooks for the whole family and you just cooking vegetables, you don't gotta cook fried chicken for anybody else. You don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish Troy would ask me to cook a piece of meat. If you don't get up out of here, yeah. I'm not participating in your demise. You ain't putting that garbage in your body on my on my watch. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I wasn't it. talking about my bad. Like, <clears throat> no, it's all good. <laughs> I guess that's my tip. I didn't clarify. That was my mistake. <laughs> I, I guess my tip is uh, get rid of them. If you ain't stronger, or if, you, if you're not going to get rid of them, um, start <laughs> dedicating the majority of your time to the other half, to the side that shares the core values that you hope to adopt. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get into a space where that thought process thrives and flourishes. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be in that same old circle that shares your old thought process and try and develop a new one. Okay. So, you know, you know, pick a new circle and venture out a little more and put some space in between you and those individuals who are not ready to take it to that next level. You know, new levels, new devils. So there's always going to be something you're going to have to battle with or, or challenges. But when you see, a, when you've identified a significant change you want to make in your life, you have to identify a significant a particular environment in which you can thrive in. You can't, you know, identify a change without not identifying a new environment. (laughs) Which means? They got to go. (laughs) Flat out. Flat out. You know, ask somebody else, Jay, because I really don't know how to tolerate it. (laughs) You got Um, to ask. You way kinder than me. Like, (laughs) you... You know how to be still. I'm just like, oh, you ain't hitting no more. You're not for me. You're not my cup of tea, and that's not where I belong if I want to take it to this next level. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. So, (laughs) next tip. Next tip is stop being a victim, please. Man, listen, you are not the only one who got what you got. You, (laughs) You ain't the only one. You ain't the only one with diabetes. You're not the only one who gets failing in school. I'm gonna tell a really quick story. Um, um, when you know, you guys know, I talk a lot about depression, and I talk a lot about um, just going through mental distress. And and at the same time, I was going through all these things. The hardest, the hardest point in my life is when my son Bryson was failing. Guess what grade? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. So when my son was failing kindergarten, I really had to decide. Like, I had to dig deep. I had to decide, like, am I going to lay down and be depressed and, and, and let my son be repeat kindergarten? Because I remember even before I had kids, I was like, because I know a girl. I'm 39. And she's 42, I think. Mm-hmm. And we were in the same class. Like, she felt, and we had been in, in the same grade from when I was, like, uh, in the fourth grade or something on up. So she felt, like, very early grades. And I remember talking to other friends of mine, like, her mother let her fail kindergarten in the first grade. Like, I would never let my kid fail. Like, if you're going to fail, it's going to be, like, 10th grade, 11th mm-hmm. or something. Like, I don't have control over. But kindergarten, I wish I would mm-hmm. allow myself to uh, allow my child to to fail this early on grade. I feel like it's my responsibility. So when my son, when when my son's teacher in kindergarten, and this was in time when my mother was um, had just passed, I I was like, wow, I'm in that situation. Like I'm I'm knee deep in a situation where my son is about to fail kindergarten Mm -hmm. and I'm laying in the bed, like not getting up to like three, four Mm o'clock, like two 30. No, they got to school at three. So I was getting up at like three o'clock and just to get them from school and coming home and laying back down. 
and I decided like I no, that's not about to happen. Like I absolutely am, am not about to be this parent. Mm-hmm. That's that I would never be. Right. And so bottom line is I pulled myself up from my bootstrap. Like I decided like absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. No matter what's going on, you know, people be like, Well, I'm getting divorced. Well, I lost my job. Well, I it's always a story, and I and I know we come off a little hard. Remember that other trainer we used to work with would say, "You you and Lisa are so hard." Oh like, yeah, y'all are so hard. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just don't understand. We do understand. But oh yeah, we it, get it. I get it. Everybody got a story though. Yeah. As my sister said, when somebody said they're depressed, who ain't depressed? She'd be like, "Who ain't?" Depressed? <laughs> <laughs> well, they say, "Who ain't?" Like everybody got a story, and they do. Everybody yeah. has. If you took the time. To ask or interview everybody. Well, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people are going through a lot of things, whether it's physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. financially. Everyone is going through something. Like they said, who you are in the valley is who you are. You decide who you want to be. And no matter what goes on, you decide who you are. Yep. When my son was spelling, I was like, nope, that ain't who I'm going to be. I ain't going to be that person redoing kindergarten papers. Yep. Here, right, like, no. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Absolutely and that's honestly what um, got me out of that cloud. Like, okay, I got to get up. I got to get out of bed. I got to be what I don't want to be right now. Yeah. And because I said I wasn't going to be this person and I'm not going to be this person. Yep. And, you know, deciding who you are is powerful. Deciding who you aren't is powerful, too. And deciding who you want to be. You think? It's think really powerful. People decide who they want to be and don't do nothing. No, sometimes I struggle with who I want to be in certain certain spaces. Like making a decision like who what's more important right now, me looking this way or that way, or you know, just deciding on which direction I want to go in my life and how and and how I want to show up in certain spaces. I'll not explain it. Yeah, because I think you'll know how to explain it because you're already strong-minded and you already are, like, you have so many non-negotiables. I, just, I guess I don't understand it from a person who, from a standpoint, from a person who's, like, already struggling with even being um, being strong in an area. Because, like, people uh, always decide who they want to be, but they, they're all over Very the rarely do they so, become that so, person. Very rarely. And, and so... I'm thinking of a standpoint like a strong person that's that's strong already. Like, yeah, that may be a struggle for you because you're like, because when I decide, that's who I'm going to be. Oh, you know, (laughs) my bad. All right, I didn't have a dog in this race. My bad. No, 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 no. Stop trying to put yourself. (laughs) Carry on. No, it's all good. good, (laughs) You, you, you try to insert yourself in this thing. You know, (laughs) same one size fit all. I get it. But um, you know, when people decide who they want to be, I some I sometimes think that's a problem. Mm. You don't fit there. Mm. You, you, you want to be a, a entrepreneur, and I never forget when you told me uh, when you were seeing that counselor a long time ago. She was a client of yours. She was a counselor, and y'all was just kicking it. And she and you were like, you were like going off like anybody can be this strong person. Anybody can be an entrepreneur. Anybody can. And she was like, actually, actually not. Like <laughs> everybody <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you know, you're kind of not. You kind of don't get it. Like everybody don't have. What it takes to be great. So you can decide who you want to be all day, but have you laid the foundation? And do you have proof that you can be that person? And are you strong enough to work towards it? 
And are you strong enough to work towards it? That was a hard lesson for me to learn that some people will never have that strength. They, they'll have the desire. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. They'll have the desire, but literally don't have the capability to reach that level. Yeah. Do you think that's true? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. That makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it is sad, but at the same thing, at the same time, it's like, you, you know, you always talk about, and other entrepreneurs are always talking about, somebody got to be the worker and somebody got to be the boss. Everybody can't be on the top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. Nor um, should they be, right? Nor should they be. It always got to be some Indians. It always has to be some chiefs. It always has to be some custodians. It always has to be some professors in the school. So why, and, why and is And greatness so is relative. And greatness is relative. Yeah, like there's there's nothing inferior about being an employee or about being not the boss. There's nothing inferior about that at all. Mm-hmm. You just find what your greatness is and spend your life doing that. And that may show up in many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying pick one thing. You got to have one passion. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But greatness is relative. You know, you you don't have to be... Um, a household name or on the cover of something or have built some brand from scratch to be great. Right. You know what I mean? You like, you would just be great in your own personal space, the best bowler on the team that everybody knows, like whatever it is, like you could just be that thing in your own little lane. Mm-hmm. That's another, that's a um, personal thing for me. It's almost like, you know how some interviewers at jobs have like this thing they want from employees. Like I remember I uh, read in an article they watch employees in a in a uh, in the lobby mm-hmm. as they wait on their interview, and the employees that pick up the magazine are the employees that they pay more interest to. Like, um, if an employee just sits there and like impatiently taps their foot or look, keeps looking at the time, they're like they're impatient. But the person that chooses to um, wait, like, pass their time in a way that's like, okay, well, I don't know when they're going to call me back. Let me pick up this magazine mm-hmm. or let me like find, do this puzzle or whatever. Um, that's the people that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. So it's like your strengths, strengths are relative. Mm-hmm. Like what a person is looking for is, it's all relative as well. Yep. You know, but are you ready to so let's bridge the gap? For okay. Them, yeah. Bridging the gap. You know, so what does it take? What does it take in business and what does it take in your nine to five? What will it take for you to take it to the next level? Like how much has to be on the line for you to actually realize the importance of pushing past laziness, pushing past um, inferiority complexes, pushing past superiority complexes? Like what will it take for you to recognize that there doesn't always have to be a, a carrot or gold nugget dangling on the end of the stick to make you go after it? Like what does it take to make you go after it just because for going after its sake, you know, and entrepreneurship it, it has to be a certain drive that's innate that pushes you to want to make some type of small change in the world just to, you know, push the mountain just a little bit. Like, what does it take? And you have to find that thing. You have to find that thing. You have to wake up every day and have that thing within you. You know, it can't be your your end goal can't be a number in your bank account. Your end goal can't be another number of likes or shares or comments. Your end goal has to be something that's literally going to shift the little planet that you live on. 
you know, that's going to literally shift the people around you. When I wake up every day and I have texts or uh, comments or I meet clients in person and they just tell me a little bit about how their pants fit a little differently or they chose kale over cookies or they chose water over pop. That's my thing. That's what makes me wake up every day and go after it. I'm like, this is my contribution to the shift in the world. Mm -hmm. So when you decide what it takes to make you work for it every day, despite your energy level, despite your exhaustion, despite how broke you are, despite what your family may be going through. In entrepreneurship, you have to decide what it's going to take to make you show up in a way that is going to leave value when you're no longer here. So just like in health... In business, you have to find that one thing because tangible and objects are is not enough. Mm-hmm. It's just not enough. Security is not enough. Just being an entrepreneurship for name's sake or for entrepreneurship's sake is not enough. So ask yourself a very clear question. Look at yourself in the mirror. Lisa, what does it take? And is the work worth it to you? And let that be your springboard. Absolutely. Um, my thing is with um, a nine to five is what does it take for you to leave one job and go to the next or leave one job and go to entrepreneurship? Like, what does it take for you to stop complaining about the job you hate and go to a job that you love? Or what does it like? What does it take? How do you hate the same job for five years? How do you hate the same coworkers? <laughs> the same coworkers? Or how do you go to college and get this degree and and, and whatever it is, but you still are making below what you know that you d- deserve. Being complacent is, it's almost, it's, it's like a disease almost. Oh, 100%. Like it starts so young and it grows and progresses and, it, and it's a root that's planted. Some of y'all in stage water. four. Some people, <laughs> some people are in stage four and it has progressed yes. from there <laughs> and you are on your last leg. Like your timeline is about to expire. You're going to retire from that place. And you Ooh, don't have to stage four complacency. You don't have to, you don't have to retire from there. You don't have to accept that. You can't. You can. You can at fifty years old decide. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. Nope. And from there, decide what you're going to do from that point on. I know that people in our society view fifty years old, sixty years old as old. I can't do that. I can't do that. Or so grateful because they're so young. Mm-hmm. I can't. Nope. I got a job. I make thirteen dollars or twelve dollars. Nope. I can't do that. No matter what your age, no matter what your position, no matter how long you've been there, if whatever, there's always room for growth, and there's always room for happiness. There's always room for you to do better, and that not, that does not necessarily equate to more money. Nope. More money does not equate to greatness to me at all. At all. It's about. What do you think when you think of this thing? Like, do you think of, like, I know, it, no matter if you love a job, I don't think every day you be like, woo, I, I just can't wait. Right. But it, is, it, is it a stressor? Do you, do you watch the clock? You can't, you hate your boss, does he stress you out or she stress you out? Do you dream of other things when you can really be yourself or, or be, or add value? You know, I, I would hate to think that you're at a place where you don't feel like you add value or you're appreciated. Like, there's so many factors. It's so many factors to life and work with it being such a big part of your um, who you are and where you spend your time. It has to matter. It has to be somewhere you feel comfortable. Like, we spend more time at work 
our more awake hours at work, should I say. Mm-hmm. Because people think, like, we got 24 hours a day, I'm only at work for eight hours. Mm-mm. But you got to think about how many hours you're asleep, plus commute. The hours that it takes. If you get up, let's say, at 7 a.m., got to be working at 9 a.m., you get home at 6 p.m., you go to sleep. You only have four awake hours or five awake hours at home. Period. You spend more of your um, hours that you're awake at work during Monday through Friday. So you make them count. Make them matter. Be, make them effective. Add mm-hmm. some value. Be happy there. Whether it's not 100% every single day. Because I don't think anything is 100% every day. With my kids, I'd be like, uh, can I drop them off somewhere? <laughs> like, they get on my nerves today. <laughs> love, love my kids to death. But everything is not 100% like happy. That, is, that does not mean value. Value means all the things, the points that I made. Are you are you adding, um, like, do, is your does your opinion matter? Does your input matter? Do, do, are you respected? Do you does it make you agitated when you think of it? Do you do, do you deserve more money? Like all those things matter. And if you think that you should be somewhere, then strive for it. Mm-hmm. So what does it take? What does it take? Guys, if you are in the market for a shift in your health and in your career, if you need help making the direct correlation between your physical health and your career uh, as a nine-to-fiver or as a business owner, then come on over and get Professionally Fit at www.professionallyfit.co. We can help you take this thing to the next level. Your health, your business, and the way you show up in the world is 100% non-negotiable and there is no room for negotiation. So please join us over at Professionally Fit if you need a coach to help you take you to that next level. We offer both online and offline personal training, nutritional coaching, and psychological and emotional health coaching. So please, please, please go to www.com professionallyfit.co and click on get professionally fit next week we'll be showing up right back here in a new episode and next week we're talking about medications um how they really affect you you may be thinking you're helping yourself but are you making your condition worse so join us back here next week for another episode on professionally fit radio every monday until then be well peace